0: What's good, everybody? It is your host, KJ Hartwell, aka Hartwell Fit, bringing you Decision Time, the podcast brought to you by One Decision Fitness. We talk faith, family, fitness, and entrepreneurship, and we always bring the deciding factors to the table so we can make the changes necessary. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Decision Time, the podcast that is bringing you everything faith, family and fitness and today we have a great topic um one that i feel god has really been placing on my heart for a long time and i'm gonna be honest i've been running away from it so um i really want to introduce this as the first episode of season 1.2 i can't even call it season two because i really did not do y'all right with season one i think we had like maybe two episodes um and that inconsistency is just unacceptable. So, um, instead of moving this on to season two automatically, we're going to call this season 1.2 and keep it pushing um, with this episode. And I feel like it is something that truly affects a lot of athletes um, that I've trained, that have been to the professional ranks, that have, you know, even made it to some of the lower ranks of, um, you know, playing their sport. And it truly affects them even after their playing days and going into their professional careers and personal lives as well. And that's traumatic rejection. Now, um, you're probably wondering, first, uh, first and foremost, what is traumatic rejection? How does that affect anything? Does it really even have an effect? So um, traumatic rejection is really coming to the point to where um, basically the rejection that people have showed you. Causes you to start to have some type of self-rejection. Causes you to not be accepting of yourself, self-doubting of yourself. um, And not only within the realm of sports, but as you leave sports. Because as we all know, sports will not last forever. Even if you make it to the pros, even if you have a long career, at, at some point Tom Brady is not going to be throwing a football professionally in the NFL anymore. And that's just something that we have to get used to and understand that sometimes the things that we deal with within our playing career is going to bleed over it is going to play out um in our personal lives and we have to be prepared for that and be ready for those changes to come and i I truly felt like i was going to be doing you guys a disservice if i was to only go off of my information and not hear the perspective from all different sides and so i reached out to uh multiple people online um multiple people on my instagram my um tiktok guys that i knew guys that i um, knew very well growing up and guys that i you know only know professionally through personal training but i know they have a professional playing uh past uh, whether it be for one year or multiple years at some of the highest levels within their uh, respective sport so i reached out to those guys got some great insight um and you know it truly blessed me to be able to bring you guys a different perspective on this topic and It also allows me to see it differently and understand some things better on my side as a trainer, as I work with other athletes as well. Um, So first and foremost, I really want to talk to you guys about my story and what kind of led to it. And so all my life growing up, I was in sports nonstop um, when I was really young. After a while, then I was kind of focused in on like one or two sports that I really had as my favorites. But, um, you know, just during that time, you're going to deal with some different points of rejection. You know, I remember um, being being young and, you know, playing on my little league teams. I remember at the banquets, um, the coaches would be giving out the awards and stuff like that. And it was it was a select few guys that they would say, you know, and I know these guys are going to be playing on Sundays one day. And I would always never hear that when my name was called. Um, you know, those were times when I was younger. At one point, it hurt me a lot and it made me feel less confident in myself until I got to a certain point within, you know, my my playing days and mainly around high school where I started to use that as fuel. And that started to be a motivating factor for me and led to my success to be able to play um, collegiately um, and also had the confidence to be able to get some of those scholarship offers. But, you know, those rejection um, points came at even times within college. And those are the ones that kind of lasted with me the longest. Those Those are the ones that when I was done playing they stretched out into my professional career a little bit more as well and so you know like I said me going off of just my story and being very anecdotal with that um even though I mean I I, I didn't run like a huge case study so this is still (laughs) it's still somewhat anecdotal obviously but um you know, as far as me just going off of my information, I would have been a very closed minded conversation. So I reached out to some people, um, like I said, and one thing I noticed was a huge correlation between those that were successful with longer playing careers into the professional ranks versus some of us whose career had um, stopped a lot shorter. And that was something that was, um you know, they had people instilling confidence in them and looked up to people, um, and their feedback that were outside of their teammates and their coaches. And, you know, looking at their support system that they had, um, you know, that was something that I can see that, Hey, like, you know, you had, you had a support system that not only tried to tell you certain things about yourself to keep you uplifted, but you were able to see that they were there. You know, um, and that was one thing that I know for me affected me a lot. My parents tried to instill, you know, being confident in yourself and things like that and not letting what people say sway you. But at the same time, on those Friday nights when I'm looking into the stands, you know, uh, in between plays or, you know, if if the offense was out on the field and, you know, defense was on the sideline, looking in the stands, I I didn't see my mom, my dad. You know, granted, I understood their work schedule. They were older. They you know, and really, my mom was not at all into football, and so uh she just she wasn't there she didn't understand the sport um and I hold nothing against her for that, but at the end of the day, because you don't see those people there supporting you in a physical sense, it made it easier to block out what they said, even if they tried to instill confidence in me at home about those things and when they saw it affected me because other people said something. Um, And so therefore it led to me more so listening to and paying more attention to my teammates and, um, you know, the coaches, even people that were in the stands on a consistent basis that, you know, they may have had a a son or a nephew or a younger brother that was my backup. So therefore all they had to say was negative things about me. And and it really played a a huge part in me um, really doubting my own playing ability, hearing some of the labels and and sticking those with myself for so so long and therefore tore down my confidence now at the end of the day I take I take partial responsibility in that we have to have a level of confidence within ourselves as athletes point blank period the greatest um, players that we have seen come through any professional rank are players that have grown a confidence within themselves and that was something that I lacked that was something that I do feel I halted my own career because of that Um, you know no matter what level of how can i say no level no matter what your level of athletic performance is if you do not have that confidence to go along with it you are going to be lacking tremendously versus your competition that is confident even if their skill set is maybe not on your level um you know you look at the the people that are in the conversation for the greatest of all time in any sport the tom brady's the michael jordans the lebron james's you know you can tell there's there's not a lack of confidence that they have within themselves uh you know sometimes they have it within their teammates but (laughs) but you know there's not a lack of confidence that they have within themselves and that's why they can go out there and and play the way that they do and not think about the mistake that they made because that's that's an anomaly for them in their mind and because it's an anomaly for them in their mind it's an anomaly to everybody else around them as well and um so before i even dive into some of these other stories um, i'm not going to call out any names because i didn't get clearance for for these uh, gentlemen to allow me to do so but i want to thank everybody that did give their input on this subject because it truly opened up my eyes to the perspectives of those that have made it far those that have not made it so far, and even the ones that, that may not have made it so far within the professional ranks, to see your different outlook on it that, um, for some of you guys, has actually helped you progress more in your professional careers, it helped me change the narrative of this even within my mind and really give me some hope um, in the areas that I still have those you know insecurities and whatnot um, you know, within my abilities that go into my professional career and how I need to change those around. And so the first one that I really first side of it that I really want to dive into is um, the side of labeling and how that affects um, young athletes and whatnot. And I was able to speak to a gentleman who used to play ball at uh, Georgia State and, um, you know, uh, Indiana State prior and then went to, went over to Georgia State. Hopefully I'm not giving too much information and uh, giving away the identity. But <laughs> but, um, you know, he he let me know um, something that was similar to to my experience. Um, and that he had noticed it when he went to the higher ranks of of Division One football, and you know you go in there, you go into a program, you go into a practice, you know even a meeting room, and you get those labels whether it be from the coach or the player, and it they just stick with you, whether it's whether it's an all the time truth or not, they stick with you, and with that it's it's like right away once people have those labels on you within that organization. They hold you to it. And there's almost like there's uh no redemption from that name. If you get you get labeled with the stiff hips, nobody's ever gonna think otherwise of you. That and I think a lot of people that that do not play sports, this is gonna sound wild to y'all because you're like, why does that matter? Um having these type of labels keep you from getting put in certain positions, getting uh, certain opportunities on the field, because somebody is always expecting it of you. Um, just as they always say that the first impression is, is the, the biggest impression that you'll make. If somebody hears that on their first impression of you, um, it doesn't really matter what they say. Um, somebody creating a narrative about you prior to anybody seeing anything can sometimes have the largest effect on somebody's outlook on you. Um, So we have to keep that in mind when we're thinking about, you know, as a, as a coach or as another player in the locker room, the like I could say this about my, about my homeboy, but this might actually stick. And if this sticks and the coaches get this perspective, then they may have that stuck in their head. And they're the first ones that talk to the professional scouts. So if they get that in the scouts, head, now, and, and, you know, you can kind of see how, although it seems like it's a game of telephone, it, it can keep going and it can affect guys um, as they try to progress even further and further. So, you know, um, that was that was an amazing standpoint that he had gave me to even see, you know, as he went in and, um, you know, went into higher levels of playing Division I AA um, and even had his shot in a professional career, that affected his confidence that affected his confidence tremendously because after a while you hear something so much you start to believe it in yourself for some of us i'm not going to say that for everybody but for some of us um you know it starts to it starts to bleed over um into what your own thought is especially depending on how influential those people are around you that are saying it and um you know on the flip side of that it was um a buddy of mine who even in his book had um, spoke on this and um, I'm going to go ahead and give him a plug because I I know he will be OK with it. But Brandarius Johnson, uh, you guys, if you get a chance, pick up his book, Mental Hope. Uh, it is a great mental health book and um, just bringing mental awareness to the uh, the area of life. You know, I'm not even just going to say for athletes, but um, just in life in general. And within that book, he gave an account of a uh, high school coach that one day in front of the, the whole football team at practice. This how how this how the coach ended it. Uh, was, you know, praising him and talking about, you know, uh, Weber State had had came, they saw him at practice, they loved his high motor, this, that, and the third, and once that practice was done, pulled him aside and told him, you're not elite, you're you're not this, you're not that, and, you know, for a young athlete to, for one, that can be, Extremely, extremely confusing. This is when he's coming out of high school, so that can be extremely confusing for one. He just got praised in front of everybody else, but then it's like, okay, now you're pulling me to the side. Now you, now you want to give me what you feel is a real story. So he says all these things that this, that, and the third. And what I loved about how Brendarius took it is he took that as an opportunity to say, okay, cool. I know you're the one who speaks to these to these coaches. And he never got a chance to play at Weber State because obviously the coach was speaking to their scout. But what Brent Darius had did in his mind, he said, okay, cool. This is a point where I'm never going to allow an opportunity to lay in somebody else's hands at all. I'm going to control my narrative. I'm going to control how people see me and how people perceive me. And, um, you know, me and Brent Darius being from the same city of Las Vegas, Nevada, Uh, didn't really know each other in high school, we knew of each other, um, just because Vegas is a pretty small, small city itself, but ended up going to the same junior college, and getting to play alongside him, you know, um, it was, it was amazing to see the self-confidence that, that somebody had, and to later hear about that story, you know, for a lot of people that, that, especially in high school, that would tear down your confidence, especially if you're not already like that four or five star guy that everybody else is still saying other good things about, um, you know, to hear that from your coach that you've been playing under for three, four years. And he tell you that, you know, that can, that can be a tear down for a lot of people, but he didn't allow that to happen. He actually allowed that to be the motor to say, I'm going to change the narrative. I'm going to control it at all times. And this is not going to affect me, um, in any way, shape or form. And, Um, You know, I think that that's the that's a true perspective that when you're hearing the negative things, uh, you know, from coaches, from players, teammates and stuff like that, you know, we expect to get it from the hecklers and from the opposite team. But sometimes we hear from those voices that are most influential. And that's one perspective that I I wish that I would have had at a younger age. And I wish I would have understood at my earlier ages, especially in high school, was how to change the narrative myself. How to not allow the narrative to be in somebody else's hands versus um, how I I ended up doing. I allowed everybody else's narrative to really control my confidence on a uh, on a large scale. And like I said, I I blame nobody else for that, because these are things that we have to understand. We we control, you know, you control how much you allow somebody to get to you, because sometimes we got to recognize we put people on a pedestal and they don't deserve to be there. And so by doing so we cut ourselves short. Um, so like I say, I, I don't say this in any way to put blame on the people that have, um, you know, bothered you by their words or by their, um, you know, narrative they've placed on you. But I I say this to bring awareness to all the young athletes that are hearing this. And even the, the young adults or older adults that are hearing this, that may still be, uh, that may still be dealing with that to, to look at yourself and say, you know what, what can I change to not allow this to affect me? because it's that mentality that, um, Brandarius showed and that countless other guys that I spoke with showed, um, within their stories that it's like, you know, my outlook on this is not going to allow it to tear me down. I don't have to believe what you said. Um, that's a choice that I will make. And I'm not, I'm deciding not to make that choice. Um, you know, like I said, not only just myself but but other guys that I've spoken with it has affected them and bled over into their professional career but um now as adults now as parents in most of our cases and husbands in most of our cases we recognize and see that yo like we have to we have to change the narrative within our own head and show how to be confident young men um especially you know in this day and age and I, I say that not only just for, for a young black men, but young men of any race, color, background, whatever it may be. And we have to find that because as we become parents, as we go into the professional field, as we go into anything that's outside of sports, those things will kind of leave that lasting legacy a little bit longer because we have an opportunity of doing those things longer. And so that legacy is going to lead on to the next generation, whether it be through our kids, grandkids, you know, nieces, nephews, uh, even just younger coworkers. So we really have to get a hold of ourselves emotionally and figure out, Hey, how am I going to be able to change this narrative in my head? No longer let it affect me and no longer let it pull me down. And so, um, as we bridge the gap from that side to the side of those that have shown great, um, Great success within their stories. Um, I was able to speak with somebody who was actually a guest during one of my season one episodes, Emmanuel Holloway, who was who was, uh, my cousin as well. But he played multiple years overseas basketball, and you know his. Um, I wish I could play the audio. It's hard to try and get it onto this platform, but you know his mindset. He said, "Growing up was that I will not let the crowd affect me." You know, he said he took a, a very old school approach, and that was kind of just how he was raised with an old school approach. I'm not going to let the crowd affect me. But being in the in, um intertwined with the family um, that he has, because he's on my wife's side, being intertwined with the family that he has, you know, I see the support that they have for each other as well. And as I spoke on earlier, sometimes when you see those, when you're able to physically see those people there for you, it's, it's easier to. Allow their words to be more influential than those that are of the hecklers, those that are of the negative uh, naysayers and whatnot. Versus, um, you know, like I say, if they're if they're physically absent and just trying to say things um, to you in a sense, and you know, not only with his story but also with um, another gentleman that I spoke with who played in the NFL and played many years in the CFL. You know, I was I was truly um blessed to hear their sides of it because now I'm like, okay, I know what to do for my children. I know what to do as a father. Um you know even as even as a husband, as my wife has her own endeavors and whatnot, um, to show not only that you have that positive outlook on them, um, or about them, I should say, but that you're also physically present because your presence is going to hold weight within what you say. Uh, not what you say, um, you know, just simply holding weight on its own. Uh, So that that was a extremely um, eye opening point that I had to come to and realize, like, man, I got some major areas to correct as a father. And I can tell my kids um, all I want to about be confident in this, be confident in that. But how often are you there? How often do you let yourself be seen in the crowd to say, I'm gonna to listen to what he says. You know, when we look at the job morants, the Carl Anthony Towns and whatnot, where we see their father sit in front row, and when you hear their the accounts of their stories, they remember looking in the stands and knowing where their parents were at all times. You know, what type of presence are we making within our children's lives and what what type of presence have the people that were influential to us made within our lives um to where we allowed their words Um, and confidence or lack thereof to hold weight in our lives even after our playing days are done, even after the athletics are done. And so we really have to take that into account as we move forward um, and really try and tackle this subject that that truly, I I feel, tears down a lot of careers. And um, one one thing that my coach told me one day, this was, I've spoken on it multiple times within my social media page, but one day we were out training and you know, like I said, I was somebody that I always allowed a lot of other people's words to kind of get to me. And I was just kind of feeling like some doubt. Then is my, maybe going into my junior year or maybe going into my senior year, actually. And we're training and I, you know, I paused during one of the drills and I was like, yo coach, like you think I can go D1? And he gave me honestly the best answer. He answered it with a question, said, do you think you can go D1? And I think the fact that at certain points in my career, I doubted how well I would do at the next level. I halted my own growth and stunted my own growth within my professional career and any possibility of it, because before anybody could even see me do something, I doubted it. Um, I noticed it, you know, even within this regular, even within these days of my life. When it comes down to personal training, when it comes down to business, when it comes down to even playing on certain semi, semi-pro teams and stuff like that, it's like, yo, like, you gotta figure out where the root of this rejection is, and you have to uproot it because it still has too much of an effect on you, and that rejection that we that we deal with, even when we look at it from a biblical sense, can hold you back on so many different levels, and yes, it seems like, yo, like, man, like, my... my my athletic career is stunted but then we also got to recognize if it affected our athletic career what else can it affect in our regular lives is it creating more insecurities within our relationships that we have with people are we already thinking that people doubt us before we even get a chance to allow them to get to know us and so therefore are we shooting ourselves in the foot and and killing off certain opportunities that God may be trying to bring to us because we do not have the mindset that we need to to bring forward um you know the 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 right fruit from that situation that that God has harvested for us. You know, so um all these things were going through my head as I, as I listened to these different accounts and these different stories and you know, it was it was amazing to hear some of the stories and uh one of my buddies uh Dorson um that uh he played played uh junior college football. Uh, his story was very similar to mine and Brandarius as far as you know getting it out of the mud, like not being a highly recruited athlete, trying to go the JUCO route, uh getting offers, um, you know, making it to uh, Division One. He played at played at UW and um University of Washington for those of you who don't know, but um, you know, played ball there and then went on to play in the NFL uh for the Redskins and for the Seahawks. And you know, um hearing his account. He broke it down very well, especially going through all those different levels, that there's so many different types of rejection as well. And, you know, sometimes you feel it from those who are, you know, the the quote unquote fake friends and the people that are there to benefit off off of your growth and off of your gain. You know, and then, you know, when you're up, you notice you got 60, 70 messages on your phone waiting when you get out of practice. But when things are not going your way, you could wake up from a from a nap. And you don't even have one text on your phone and, you know, just filling those different points, you know, definitely affect you. And even on the side of, you know, your earnings, because one thing that he brought to my attention was, you know, in a, in a sense, you kind of have that, that blow to your confidence or that, you know, that self-rejection in that sense, when that career is cut short because of X, Y, Z it could be by chance it could be by by guy's design whatever but um you know it i, I notice that um everybody deals with those points differently obviously but at the same time those that have a sense of confidence and never a never wavering doubt excuse me a never wavering doubt within their mind about themselves they definitely uh aren't affected as much by those things you know, it's, it's obviously always going to be different. There's always going to be um, people who handle things in a great way, and there are going to be some that, you know, sadly handle them, handle them in a worse way. Um, but at the end of the day, this is a subject that I truly felt needed to be brought to the forefront. And although, you know, I wish I could have a definite answer on how are we going to correct this, um, you know, for every single person. What I wanted to do was bring these accounts to you, um, you know, to allow you to not only form a a part of your own opinion before we try and get into some action steps to take towards some of your athletes, but also just pay attention to the people around you. Um, You know, this this rejection is something that can affect people, like we said, on a personal level, on a professional level outside of athletics and especially on a mental health level. And these are things that need to be tackled because um many of us coming from inner city areas um to try and make it out through the way of athletics or in, uh, in some cases entertainment you know we're often put into a glass box to where we see that as our only options and we're not offered the opportunity to expand on different skill sets find out who who we are and um as i grew older i think that was one thing that helped me have more confidence in myself was expanding my knowledge about who else um what other sides of keith hartwell did i have within me other than just being an athlete to where i didn't allow the the things that people said about me as an athlete to hold so much weight in my personal life um and so that's for me that's action step number one i know everybody loves sports love to have their kids in them and love to allow their kids to have fun but i I urge you guys to um if you're in an opportunity to where You can still give them a chance to make it out and make it uh in multiple ways expand upon their you know their mental palette of those things if you will so that way they can also see the other sides of who they are the other sides that that um build them up and make them the the person that they are today standing before you and standing before their classmates whoever else it may be um another thing is to find that support system that truly matters um, you know, and and I say that for not only just family, but also understanding the people that are physically there. If your family is not able to, or chooses not to be there, um, it's not always going to be your teammates. It's not always going to be your coaches. Uh, at certain points, you're going to, you're going to figure out certain teammates. The only thing that you guys have in common is the commonality of the sport that you play. And you may call each other brother, you know, friend this, that, and the third. But when you get down to, to the nitty gritty of it, you actually find out, okay, they, they were neither one of those labels. They were simply just a teammate. And because I perceived that they were that brother or that friend, I let what they said hold too much weight in my mind. And it held me. And I allowed that to help me back, hold me back, I should say. Um. So, you know, finding, finding the proper circle. Finding a circle that will, yes, tell it to you real. I'm not saying find find Yes, man. That's always going to say, oh, you're the best. You're the best. But at the same time, people that you know are always coming from a spot of love and not, you know, trying to tear you down because they're really envious about where you stand versus where they stand at that time. Um, and, you know, lastly is make the choice to see it, see it differently in your own mind. We all have the option whenever we hear something to be the pessimist or the optimist, and as I as I brought up Brandarius' story, as I brought up my cousin uh, Emmanuel's, as well as um, Dorson and some of the other people that that made it further in their career. That's one thing I noticed. They were the optimist within within the the feedback that they got. The narrative that they had was simply nothing more than a headline, but nobody had looked into the real story, if you will, and they knew that. They're the ones that are writing out and typing up that real story for their life. And you have to come to an understanding and a mindset of that exact thing. You write your story. You do not allow the narrative of other people, whether it be through the heckling, whether it be through the labeling um, as a coach, as a player, anything to write your story. It is the headline is clickbait. But at the end of the day, you're the one who is going to hold that That legacy in your hands of what your name means. Tom Brady was drafted in the very last spot of the draft, but now he's touted as one of the, if not the greatest quarterbacks to come through the NFL. Michael Jordan was cut from his high school team, basically told that you're not good enough to make it that year. He went on to be, you know, always in some people's mind, the number one greatest player of all time, or at least the top three at all times in a majority of arguments. And so, you know, look at the greats success leaves clues, success leaves clues. Always remember that. Look at the greats, see what they did, because it's more than just spending the 10,000 hours on their craft. It's also how did they mold the mind into where they needed it to be to let themselves know? I'm never letting somebody else hold me back. I'm never going to allow myself to hold myself back and to continually push forward make things happen that others said was not possible and do what they needed to do so guys that's our episode for today i hope you guys enjoyed it um i definitely want to bring this back for part two because i do feel like there are so many stones that are unturned so many other stories that need to be told but to give us more substance on our next conversation please drop some comments down below find me on social media on uh, my my social media handles will be in the caption down below so that way you guys can follow Stay up to date with any new topics that we have coming up um, and when we are getting ready to film um, any new content or even just recorded on the podcast platform as well. And once again, guys, I'm your host, Keith Hartwell Jr. or Coach KJ. This is Decision Time, the podcast where we talk faith, family, and fitness. You guys be blessed and I can't wait to talk to you guys again on the next episode.